Hello and welcome to the Primary versus Secondary podcast. I'm Laurie, representing Team Secondary with four years experience teaching history to teenagers. And I'm Josh, with four years experience teaching early years and key stage one, I'll be representing Team Primary. The intent of today's lesson is to sit back, relax and enjoy 30 minutes of two teachers talking all things education. From recent experiences, topical debates, tips, tricks and teacher fails. Hi guys, welcome back to the Primary versus Secondary podcast. It's a new week and as always we're going to start off with our thank yous. We've got to say thank you to every single one of you who's listened to our previous episodes. Episodes one through four are all available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and special thank you to anyone who has decided to leave us some stars or better yet a glowing review. You guys are the true stars. Thank you ever so much. Josh, what have we got on the cards this week? What's our lesson plan? (laughs) So our lesson plan this week, we're looking at the teacher training top tips. So before all you trainee teacher head into university life, maybe doing a bespoke um, course, maybe doing PhD skits and all those wonderful different things, what top tips have we got for you? We've got a fair few, so we're going to go through. So we're going to start by going through our, our own experience of teacher training, and then we're going to look into some top tips see where you can go, anything that can just help you along your journey to becoming a qualified teacher, which is really, really exciting. So Laurie, let's get into it. How was your training? What what was your experience when you first started? So Josh, I was in a really fortunate position in that I knew pretty much from autumn, winter, spring term of year 12, pretty early on, but I was going to be a history teacher. I went into A-levels anticipating that I would go into the field of marine biology, quickly realised that I'm not very good at chemistry, which apparently is necessary. Then I heard that not one, but two of my PE teachers had marine biology degrees. And I started to think, hmm, maybe that's not what I want to do and as it happened I was absolutely loving history I was smashing top grades in both units and I thought maybe this is the way to go and I realized pretty quickly I wanted to be a teacher so that put me in a really fortunate position when it came to doing UCAS because I knew what I was aiming for and I knew what the end game was and to be honest I was never really bothered about going to university at the time I was working for a wonderful little company you may have heard of them called Waitrose don't know possibly cropped up um and they were they were <laughs> the co-op have tried to rhyme, rhyme good with food and as a primary school teacher you should know better <laughs> I not even I can forgive them for that um but they were at the time trying to convince me not to go to university and to do a management training scheme and work with the Waitrose Journalist Partnership I was quite tempted by it um Waitrose is a really nice company to work for and so if it hadn't been for the fact that I wanted to be a history teacher I probably would have done that so to be honest I didn't go and view any universities which I think in hindsight may have been a mistake but for me it was just what's the best university I can get into that's going to open the most amount of doors and isn't too far away but also isn't too close so I got offered a place um 
I got offered an unconditional for Bath Spa, which would have been lovely. Had I gone and visited it, I might have chosen to do that, but I didn't go and visit it. So when I got my conditional offer for Exeter down in Cornwall at the Penryn campus, I decided to accept that one um, and that's where I ended up going to study history a BA in history with Exeter University down in Falmouth they share a campus with Falmouth College of Arts and Camborne School of Miners so it's a real kind of um, collection of different students and for me it was perfect I've never been a city girl as you might have deduced by the fact that I still live in um, semi-rural Devon and have had no big ambition to move to London or Bristol or Reading or anywhere particularly like that. So it was exactly what I wanted to be able to go to university, to be able to spend my afternoons and evenings on the beach and be close enough to home that I could visit, but far enough away, but I wasn't expected to do it regularly. So that's kind of how I ended up down in on the Penryn campus of Exeter University. And while I was there, although I was studying just straight history there was an opportunity to do a module called learning for teaching where you were based in a local school and you had uh, once a week you'd go in for a day um, or half a day and you'd do um, a bit of observation maybe a few mini um, lesson episodes and you do some shadowing and learn about what the day-to-day life of being a teacher was actually like so that was my kind of uni side of things and then of course once you've got a degree you can't just go straight into teaching unless you go into a private route which wasn't what I wanted to do so I um I did a PGCE I did that again with Exeter University but this time um in actual Exeter at the St Luke's campus it meant that I could um get a flat in Torbay where I'm from and Fortunately, both my placements were in Torbay. So um, that was it. I did a year of PGCE and came out of it with my QTS, my qualified teacher status. And that is how I became a secondary history teacher over the span of four years it took me. So I've whittled on. Um, I'm sure we'll have a bit more of a a chat about it after. But for now, Josh, tell me how you got into it, because yours is slightly different from me. Yeah, a little bit different route. I mean, I... I will, I will give a big shout out to my mum to begin with because she was a primary school teacher and whenever we'd finish a half day at high school I would head across and just help in her class and I think that's where I kind of love for teaching began um, but if you know me in person you know that I'm pretty useless at exams and there's not there's not one field apart from maths where I kind of where I really really am um, thriving so when I was choosing um, a level my a level choices I knew I wanted to be a primary school teacher but I didn't really know how to get there. So I just chose what I what I thought was really interesting. After a year, I realised that's not for me at all. So I, so I dropped out. Um, so I almost effectively went a year back, decided to go to college, um, where I did a course called Children and Young Persons Workforce, which is, sounds very interesting. But it was amazing. It just allowed me experience in nurseries, allowed me experience in uh, all, all early years receptions, even into year one, which was, which was brilliant. Um, moving on from there. I was able to get my UCAS points and then build up to go to university, which was fantastic. And then you get the idea of the choice of where to go. Now, because I was doing childcare and there wasn't a specific subject in in an essence, I was limited in my choice. So instead of doing a bespoke subject at university, I chose to do primary education at university. So it was called a a Bachelor of Education, primary education degree, five to 11, or you can do three to seven, but I wanted to do a little bit older years. 
Um, and then it was a case of where do I where do I choose? And I had lots of choices on the on on the cards. Brighton, I love. Um, York, I absolutely loved. Northampton is my backup. Lovely place, actually. It was it was the closest university to home for me, um, and being an hour and a half away. Um, where else? Oh gosh, where were Canterbury? And then where I did actually go was Winchester. Now my idea for going to university was I want to get away from home as 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 quickly and as far away as possible. So um, I decided Winchester. It was a gorgeous little um, city. It had everything that I needed in cracking nightlife, but also a King Alfred campus, which used to be just a teaching college. So I knew that they were well set up, well offsteaded. Um, in that sense and I knew I'd get the support that I needed and the feeling from my interviews was brilliant and that allowed allowed me or allowed me to have an easy option and an easy choice in Winchester and I'm since that moment I never looked back and I I know I spent three years there had a choice to do four years uh, but I wanted to really get into the nitty-gritty of just getting to teaching so um, I chose three-year route, five to 11, experienced many placements, 10 weeks each year in schools. Um, Sometimes it was 11, 12 weeks in the second year in different schools, multiple year groups um, spanning from reception up to year six. And it allowed, allowed me a lot of experience, which was which is really fantastic. Going back to your your course and your experience, what, what kind of settled your mind in thinking, yes, I want to be a history teacher going from there? Or was that always on the cards? It was absolutely just always on the cards. Once I decided I wanted to pursue history, I just kind of decided that I was going to be a history teacher. Um, I think we've spoken about it before. I feel like um, generally, and obviously it won't apply at all, but generally I feel like primary school teachers choose to become primary school teachers because they love working with children um, and they want to reap the rewards of helping children grow and develop um, and begin to fulfill their potential whereas I feel like secondary school teachers although obviously all of those things still apply it's much more driven by our love for a particular subject because obviously if I were to do primary school I really wouldn't get much of an opportunity to talk about history and if I did on the rare opportunity I did get to talk about history it would be at a much more kind of basic level to what I am able to do at secondary school but that being said I haven't chosen to go into university lecturing because I enjoy the broad scope that I'm afforded by being a secondary school teacher whereas if I was a lecturer then I would need to specialize right down into a fairly niche fairly contained area of history which again isn't what I want to do because I love history as a subject not kind of as not as a small Mm. area there's not there's no one area of it that I'm like absolutely obsessed with I just enjoy learning about all of it and one of the um it's it's slightly off topic but one of the things I'm actually really enjoying about the shift in my job is although it's a total pain to have to learn new schemes of work and to go oh god all those lessons that I've got are now no longer utilized because I don't teach the cold war anymore so I'm not going to need to use those lessons and I spent ages creating them but I'm really enjoying learning the new schemes of work and the new content um, because that's why I got into the subject so yeah it's always been on the cards for me to be a teacher and then what One of the things you're told quite early on when you decide to be a secondary school teacher is that there are two subjects that are oversubscribed as secondary school teachers. There are 
far too many PE teachers um, for PE jobs. That's the number one uh, subject. There are far too many people who want to be PE teachers versus the job. They are always oversubscribed. The next most oversubscribed subject is history. So going into looking at where I was going to apply, I knew that there would be quite a lot of competition comparatively to other subjects. That being said, we've still got a national shortage of teachers across the board. Mm -hmm. So if anyone feels like becoming a history teacher, absolutely go for it, highly recommend. Um, But so I wanted to make sure that despite the fact I had a clear path, I wanted to make sure that I had um, things on my application that would set me apart or that would hopefully um, give me an edge over other candidates who didn't necessarily have them. So I went back to, in addition to doing that learning for teaching unit, that was just a 15 credit module. It was very small. It lasted six weeks, I think. Um, But in addition to that, I also went back to my old school um, and I did a week of observation, incidentally, um, under the woman who would then go on to be my head of department in two years time when I when I got my first job. so I made sure that I had that as well. And it was all kind of gearing towards applying for the PGCE because I knew that it would be um, potentially stiff competition. And that was another reason why I applied for Exeter is I hoped that, you know, going from Exeter to Exeter um, would be helpful. They also say that they give you a grand off your tuition fees, but that means absolutely nothing that means absolutely nothing when that's pretty much the interest that you've made by the time <laughs> you finish your degree anyway so um that's a, a bit of a slap in the face incentive um but as we we're talking actually I did apply for another one as well I didn't I applied for a position in York um at a uh teaching it was a PGCE but it was much more school-based um And because it was school based, there were only, I think, four or five, maybe five or six history places on the entire course because every every student had to have a school allocated to them. So they could only offer the number of places for a number of schools who were prepared to have a student with them that year. Um, And at the time, my boyfriend was going to be doing a master's. in York on public history so it seemed like the right thing for me to do and I went up um and I, I really liked York York you know obviously is a oh, city cool full of history city. My goodness. beautiful um <laughs> despite the weather um really <laughs> lovely um and I was really fortunate in that after the day they called me on my way back to the train station and offered me a place um in York and so obviously given how few spaces there were I snapped it up and Mm. then I only went for the Exeter interview as a kind of um double check safety net sort of make sure that I'm doing the right thing and it was when you were talking about your interview that it jogged my memory because it was my interview with the module convener and the course leader at um at Exeter that just made me think no this is this is much more this is right for me and it helped that they used my own secondary school in the advertising promo video as well that tugged at the heartstrings a bit so um yeah, a bit of a long answer to your question, but yeah, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so for me, everything was geared towards getting that PGC space. And then I figured that I would I would deal with the availability of jobs as and when it came to it. And now the ironic thing is that we are at a teacher crisis. There's a staff shortages, teachers leaving within five years. Is The, the rate is mm-hmm. has astronomically risen. Um, well, I, I mean, it's... It, I, 
I'm not surprised. <laughs> me skipping over my words, they're just making random sounds. Um, I'm not surprised about the the influx of PE teachers because they do say those who can't teach teach PE, don't they? So I mean, <laughs> just shots at all the people. <laughs> those who can't teach and those who can't teach peach pe that's a contra we've just lost a large portion of viewers i don't i don't condone that um if you'd like to mute um josh's sections from here on out and just listen to me that's absolutely fine um the joke really is that i specialize in pe and maths so i, I don't know what it says for me yeah <laughs> The self burn. Those are rare. Is there the extra thing? Those who can't teach teach PE, but those who can't teach PE teach in primary. So I mean, it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm now doing shots at every single primary school teacher, including myself. So that was going to be my next kind I, of arc off. I would say that the PE teachers are the smartest amongst all of us because they get paid the same as we do, but they don't have to do any marking apart from the GCSE. No marking at Key Stage Three for a PE teacher. I think they've absolutely sussed it. Um, but then again, they do have to give up pretty much all of their lunch times and most of their evenings to run clubs. And it's very true. You know, so basically, our, our first top tip is: um, if you're going to be, become a teacher, become a PE teacher because uh, there's a lack of market. Um, but make sure you've got your sports stuff ready to to give up your lunch times and after school. There you go. Top tip number one, which which is a joke. Top tip well, number you've one. You've got to do what's best for you. But there you go. Top tip number one. Boom. Um, how was it, Laurie? When you you you've You've just finished your, so this is, you got, you're coming in from a really different perspective to me, because you've just done a degree, you've already got a bit of life experience going in there. How, what is your, what is your feeling before starting a PGC? Because there's going to be a lot of people listening who may be training teachers and they're, they're listening to it just before they start their teacher training thinking, oh my goodness. So how are you feeling? I think the right answer is to say that I was nervous and that I was um, anxious about it and I was worried about what was coming next. But the truth is that I wasn't nervous or anxious at all. For me, I knew that teaching was the right career for me. And I think that's partly because I'd done the work experience um, prior to my PGCE. I wasn't naive about the workload. I knew what I would be giving up. Um, and I became a teacher because I wanted to be a teacher. And I think that really, actually, if I'm brutally honest, differentiated me from, I would say, approximately two thirds of my cohort at PGCE, because a lot of them had finished their degree and thought, what am I going to do next? I guess I'll do a PGCE. And although they loved history, they didn't love teaching history. And so when I started my PGCE, I was ready and I was confident and I was excited. Of course, there was an element of nerves, but it wasn't nervousness about whether this was the right role for me because I knew that it was. Um, it was nervousness about would I get on with the people on my course? Would I enjoy the schools that I was placed in? Um, and would I be proactive enough over the year that would mean that I would have enough resources and experience when I started the following year. So I know that there will be a lot of people who feel nervous starting a PGCE and that's absolutely fine. Your nerves are completely valid. It is a nerve wracking year. It just wasn't my experience. And I, I feel quite fortunate in that. But like I said, at this point, by the time I started my PGCE, I'd known that I would be a teacher for almost half a decade. So I had no reason to feel nervous. What about you, Josh? How did you feel starting your 
your long kind much longer journey into, into yeah. teaching do you know what I'm, I'm gonna do the complete opposite and i was saying I, I was bricking it i was really nervous now this was a this was a combination of lots of things because although earlier on i said i wanted to move far as far away as possible from norfolk even though i really appreciate norfolk norfolk is a gorgeous place i wanted to move far away i ended up moving three and a half hours away um so one i was nervous about moving away to begin with um also I could cook a mean beans on toast at that point. You asked me to do any other meal, I was not surviving. So I was going to live up cocoa pops and beans. That was kind of my backup. So I was nervous about that. But in terms of the teacher training, I was nervous of meeting new people. I wasn't apprehensive on the course. I was ex I was more excited to just get stuck in to the course and actually get into schools, get into nitty gritty, actually trial things, trial things in, in school and things that are going to work, things that are not going to work, learn from new people. I was really excited for that element. Um, so there was elements and nerves, but I believe that's more me just moving to a new part of the country, moving away. But in terms of the teacher training, I was excited and, and I just wanted to get stuck in. So I guess in that sense, but I mean, when did I go to university? It was, what, 18, 9? I'd have been 18. And for, for me, I hadn't had that as many life experiences, whereas in a difference for yourself, you would have been in university for a little bit longer, a little bit older before going into that teacher training. So you, you kind of attacked the teacher training at a, a different, a more experienced age in, in that sense. Yeah, well, I also took a gap year as well. So I was, um, I was a year older when I went to university. Um, and then I was... Uh, I think I was 22 when I when I first kind of really took charge of a class for the first time. Um, and Laurie's got a great yeah. hair. I really do. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Oh, I, that's not a lie. He's really like outed me there. We had a little discussion about how I've got a new I've got a new webcam and oh, it's so well fine, but you can literally see a little grey hair poking out. The, and teaching will do that to you. Please yeah. do not go on, into teaching under the illusion that it is not a stressful job because it is a really stressful job. Buy some crappy um, moisturiser that will help. The wrinkles, yeah, the wrinkles yeah. really kind of uh, start to start to pop out. All the crystal rollers you can get. Um, your face all the jade rollers all the quartz rollers um you'll need them <laughs> no, you're looking at me like what's a quartz roller i haven't got a clue i'm just nodding i'm like yes i know exactly what this is I, I, but then i don't have a skincare routine it's just i i, I shower twice, twice a day once a day and that's it so that that's kind of just me so josh on your pgc um well yeah, on. on your is it right to call it a pgc um Probably not, because I, I guess the PGC um, assumes it's one year. We're, we're, it was yeah. just a education degree, so it was three years. We, we just called it the B-Ed, that makes sense. The B-E? Yeah, the, yeah, go from there. Okay, so during that, what was it like when you first got into the classroom then? So how long was it between starting that and being kind of leading children? And did you start with like little episodes or did you go straight in and teach full lessons? Or um, how does that work in primary school as well? Because obviously in secondary school, we've got clearly defined hours for each period, for each subject. Whereas in, um, in primary, I've seen your your schedule for the day. It's much more fluid. Sometimes you can have, um, you know, upwards of 10 of those little cards to decide yeah. your day. And sometimes it's just kind of five or six. Yeah, it's, it's, it is it's big. It, in primary school, it is very fluid in that sense. Um, however, when when I, we started in the end of September, we spent a month 
in and out of lectures, seminars and bits and bobs. And then we got we get sent an email to say, look, this is where you're allocated for your school placements. So before Christmas, we had four weeks in, in a school, which we will visit for the four weeks, get to meet the children, take a, take on mini lessons, uh, in that sense, mini group activities. And then we will revisit that school come the end of the end of the academic year. So in the second so in, in the second semester, we'll go from there and we'll, we'll join that school once again for a, for a further six weeks. So it was a case of we just got sent an email saying this is your school placement. Go and check him out. Send him a nice email to say you're joining in. And then when we got to school, and we're actually in the classroom. It was a case of observing different teachers at different year groups. But you are assigned to just one year group, if that makes sense. So for me, I was assigned to reception. And I worked closely with the teacher there. Um, I had a, a trainee partner, so we team taught as well, who I'm really good friends with. And she's a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And um, we team taught together. So we, it was very much a cooperative experience with people that you're training with, with the teachers in the classroom, with head teachers, senior leadership team. They're coming in, they're going to help you and um, go from there. And there was the odd moment where... A teacher went off and they and the senior leadership team came to us and said, look, w- would you mind taking over the afternoon for us and, and leading it? There's obviously there's two of you in here. So would you mind? You've got the you've got the TA team as well. And we said, yeah, let's go for it. And um, so you're really hands on in the job and it allows you the opportunity to take a few risks. If things don't go right, you just push it to one side and then, that's, that, then you learn from it and, and build on from there. But really, it was a case of. We started uni, we had a month in lecture seminars, we then get an email to say where you're going and what school you're at. Once you're in there, you could be team teaching, you take on little bits and that builds up over time. But that was that was my first experience of going into schools. And it was very cooperative and really helpful just to kind of get a, build up that confidence being in there by yourself. What, what about you? Because I'm imagining PGCE, you, you're almost just chucked in straight from the off. Am I right? No, not at all, to be oh, honest. Um, oh. Not in my experience anyway. So uh, with um, with Exeter, we didn't we did two weeks before the course started of observations. We did a week in a primary school and a week in a secondary school. Um, so I did my week's observations at um, a boys grammar school in my local area. And I did um, my primary school observations at my old primary school, which I think is a route that lots of people go down if they're in the area that they grew up in. Um, um, and it's easy contacts isn't it to yeah. be honest and yeah. what's funny is that we've got three grammar schools in Torbay I before applying to um, the PGCE I did my observations I did some observations with my old teacher at the grammar school I attended the mixed grammar um, before the PGCE I did a week of observations at the boys grammar and halfway through the PGCE I got my job at the girls grammar so <laughs> I, before the end of the year I had them I had them all covered um but we didn't visit a school until November um we my course was two and a half days a week so Monday Tuesday it would be full days of lectures at St Luke's campus and then Thursday was a half day also at St Luke's campus um and we would attend lectures, we would do workshops, we would do something called peer teaching, which was the bane of all of our lives. We absolutely hated it. We would have to prepare kind of half hour lessons or 20 minute lessons to teach to each other. Um, and it was just horrible, to be honest. We, it was the worst bit. I, I don't really think it was. It was interesting for discussing practice but it wasn't good for experience for teaching because obviously we were all mates by that point and we just took the mick out of each other and um 
you're supposed to practice behavior management but oh my god as if I was gonna excuse me could you stop could you stop swinging on your chair it's <laughs> oh it's not gonna happen have you have you underlined it it's not gonna happen um so in November I went to my first placement school for a week of observations um I mostly observed got to know people um got a timetable and um I did a couple of mini episodes of kind of but you so you had a form and you had a focus so for example you might have to be observed like oh I'd like the focus to be starting the lesson so I'll greet them at the door I'll get them sat down and I'll take the register and sometimes that was all you would do um and for me that felt really uncomfortable Mm. because it was basically like having a big neon sign over my head that said I'm a trainee teacher but doesn't know what they're doing um while the while the real teacher is right there like ready to swoop in for the actual content so when I started the placement in January so we did one placement from January to kind of just before Easter and the second placement was just after Easter to June um I pretty much went in and taught full lessons off the bat I had a couple more days of just going like doing half or doing an activity and I just said to my um to my supervisor I said look I would really like to just try doing a full lesson because I feel like I'm losing the confidence of the kids by just doing 20 minutes here or there. I feel like they're waiting for me to be done um, and then their real teacher is handing back over. And when I do take over, I want them to see me as a teacher and not as a student that they can mess around for. So for me, and I think, again, that comes with the fortunate position of confidence that I had of knowing that this was going to be my job, that I was going to be a teacher. And to that end, I would really say that fake it until you make it, because those kids are looking at you regardless that when you come in they either see you as a teacher or as a student and if they see you as a student or if they see you as someone temporary then they will run riot because they know that there's no consequence for that they know that you're going to be gone and they know that ultimately their grades do not depend on you so if you go in confident and kind of own the room own the space then they are going to respond to that because they're looking to an adult for an authority figure in most circumstances. Obviously, you do get challenging schools, challenging kids. There will be kids within the class who will defy that. And that's going to test your behavior management uh, practice, which is also good in PGCE year, in your first year. Use that time to experiment with what works for you in terms of behavior management, because just as it doesn't matter for those kids, The truth is it doesn't matter for you. Those aren't your kids. Those results aren't going to reflect on you. Um, Use the time to practice. Use the time to learn. If you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. Actually, it really doesn't. As long as you don't make, you know, obviously a massive, massive mistake, use your best judgment. But um, if your behavior management technique falls flat and you lose a class, worst case scenario, you've got to deal with it for six weeks and then you never have to see that class again. So just have a bit of fun experiment with it that's teacher top that's pgce top tip number two i love that i love that and i couldn't agree more with the fake it to make it it it, i i it's a little bit different going from secondary to primary but i if i say something in confidence to my class they're going to believe it if i'm being honest i i mean i my class genuinely believed that i lived in my cupboard for half of this year or purely because when they were like no i was like i've got a kettle in there and I do actually have a kettle in my cupboard because, I mean, we need a hot drink from time to time. We'll get back to that in a second. But I'll just whisk out the um, kettle. But look, I've got this. And you, you just you express confidence in the way you say something. And children end up believing it. So if you walk into a classroom, you're, 
you have that air of confidence about it. People buy into it, children buy into it, and you you can get away with quite quite a bit actually from that. Now speaking of hot drinks, they will believe you. They will believe you until you give them a reason not to believe you. So until you give them a reason to doubt your ability, they will buy into it. So maintain that persona, um, even as a PGCE student, even if you don't feel like you've got the authority, even if you've got massive imposter syndrome, because it's important that the kids can't tell. So are we saying something about a tea break, Josh? Well, I was going to say, we had an iconic tea break last week. Would you like another quick tea break this week? As you can see, I've got less than an inch of tea left in my I, cup. So I, I feel like it's necessary. One. So we're going to take a tea break and you can enjoy Laurie pouring more tea um, from last week. There you go. Okay, we're going to go for our top tips now. So quick fire top tips. My top tip from me, uh, I've said top tip very, very, very quickly in, in a bit of a row there. Um, top tip number one from me is comparing yourself. As humans, we naturally compare yourself. When you're in teacher training you always want to do the best that you can do you're going to be watching other people some people may just have that natural ability in front of the classroom and actually it might take you a a bit of time just to kind of get in tune with the teaching world top tip from me try not to compare yourself even though you're going to go into it at the same time but try your best not to and don't worry if things don't go well because there's always another day another chance to have a go at something else the main thing you do is you learn from it but that top tip number one from me don't compare yourself laurie do you have a little top tip top tip from me is steal as much as possible from the internet you will no doubt be tempted to spend hours upon hours carefully curating perfect lessons to try out because after all you are being observed however it's important to keep in your mind especially if the lessons you're teaching aren't ones that you are going to be able to recycle into future jobs it's important to remember that this is a temporary situation so your resources while they need to be adequate do not need to be perfect so go online go on to teacher twitter edgy twitter is a wonderful place full of very generous people and follow people who are experts in your area so if you are a primary school teacher and you're teaching year four follow year four teachers if you're a secondary maths teacher follow maths teachers and look for people who share their resources and are generous with them um, because there is absolutely no point in reinventing the wheel so steal as much as you can we call it magpieing mm. in the um in the teaching world magpie as much as possible and do not waste your time replicating something that already exists because you need that time to look after your mental well-being it's a difficult year as i've said before i think it's a harder year than your nqt year but we'll talk about that in another episode I'll jump on that bandwagon as well and say definitely magpie, but also be conscious of your children. So not one one thing fits all. There's not one size fits all for our children. So just make sure whatever you're magpie, find tweaks. Like Laurie said, don't reinvent the wheel. Don't don't spend hours making these uh, over elaborate things. Take the best bits. Just make those fine tweaks for your children. That's all I'd say. Um, another top tip from me is to take risks, especially when you teach training. Go in. You've got a beautiful opportunity here when you're teaching, when you're training to go into classroom and try new things out. 
as much as possible. I mean, to tra- teachers anyway, we're going to try new things out, see what works, and you, you reflect on it and go from there. But you've got that extra opportunity, opportunity to just take a few risks, actually. Try this. If it doesn't go, go go so well, pick it up from somewhere else, pick up another idea and go from there. You've got all of these tools that you, and all these different pedagogical influences that, that are just thrusted upon you. Have a well, give it a go. So that would be my top tip number two. And, and don't worry about making a mistake. Don't worry about that at all. I make mistakes all the time, but I always tell my class, I was just testing you. And that seems to be a common phrase for teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, top tip number two for me is going to be listen to your feedback. Okay. It can be really difficult to, um, to, take negative comments on the chin but in general and of course we all hear horror stories um that are contrary to this but in general your eye techs your um supervisors the people who are observing you want you to be excellent because they want people in the teaching profession so any comments any constructive comments that they are giving to you are meant exactly that constructively so try to not let it wound your pride they're not saying it to humble you they're not saying it to take you down a peg or to embarrass you they want you to be better and they are drawing from the experience of which you need to remember they have a lot more than you do so listen to your feedback and try where possible to put it into place And if you don't understand your feedback then be honest about it there is no point in having um, a lack of communication between you and the person observing so if you need them to be more clear then um then let them know. And if you need them to demonstrate what they mean, don't be afraid to ask them to do that as well, because that's the whole point for why you are there. And then my final top tip that I've got is to network. And this isn't really in, well, it can be in the classroom. But what I mean by network is when you go into your teacher training, when you go into PCE, really make sure you're, you're building up a network of teachers that you can, when you're having a hard day, go and chat to, go and vent. Because teachers understand teachers we understand the pressure that you're going through it's difficult somebody who's not a teacher to actually understand what kind of out pressures they're in school because some people have the opinion oh they're a problem school teacher they just play with lego for the day oh they're they're babysitting they're doing this and that actually we know that if if we are having a a tough time there's all these external pressures going on we've got these deadlines to meet for data drops and all this lot actually by chatting to somebody else that that just sheds out that weight off your shoulders and it helps with that mental health there so I would say network with teachers you can share amazing moments like me and Laurie do we can share our fails at the same time here and um, that that would be my top tip get, get a band of people around you who really understand the teaching world and share that experience with them as well and my final top tip is to remember that teachers talk so yes it's really important that you find your people and you find people that um, you can vent to but in your PGCE year in your training year you're also going to be applying for jobs and it's really important that you remember that teachers talk because when you're applying for jobs you don't know necessarily which other schools they are in a mat with and if you don't get that job and you end up applying for a job in one of their um, sibling schools then you can bet that whoever's in charge of that interview process is going to be calling other schools to find out about you yes you give their references but if you for example are applying for a history teacher job um, and the head of that department knows the head of a department or a teacher in a school where they know you have been they're going to give them a text they're going to give them a call and say hey what's this person really like and they're going to try and get the uh, the scoop so remember schools talk teachers talk when you're in a professional environment remain professional Mm. 
Definitely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, any other top tips, Laurie, or do you think we've covered a lot there? I think, I think we've covered it. But um, I mean, the most important fun. thing is, as you say, have fun on your training year. Yeah. Um, it is a difficult year. And go into it knowing that, knowing that it will be mm. challenging, knowing there will be times of self-doubt. Um, use them as opportunities to reflect, to grow um, and try it. You see something wacky on Twitter, you want to give it a go. That's your time to do it. Absolutely give it a go um, and have fun. Because you're, if you're training to be a teacher, then hopefully, we hope you're going to be a teacher for many many years to come and not going to be one of the many who don't I was I was thinking earlier actually Josh you said about how many teachers drop out before their fifth year I mean you I think you and I are both just finishing our fourth year of teaching yeah. is that right yeah. so if we make it through the next year then both of us are um, defying the stats and that's what we want we want people to um, to keep going well beyond five years and yes there's a lot that needs to change um, in the teaching world and mm -hmm. kind of the um, social expectations societal expectations for teachers in order to help maintain that but there's also things that you can do with your own mindset um, making sure that you're prepared making sure that you're aware and making sure that you acknowledge the bits of the job that you love because there will undoubtedly be many so have fun and if you need help if you need advice then you can reach out to us on our socials josh what are our socials that people can follow and find us on we've got a whole host um laurie so we're, on instagram we are the, the primary the secondary podcast just come and drop us a message feel free give us a follow and go from there we're actually on tiktok as well under the primary the secondary podcast so you can go there and then finally laurie we have an email what's our email address uh, our email address is slightly <laughs> more complicated because That's um, what I we, <laughs> we set it up um we set it up before we realized that the primary um versus secondary podcast was already taken so um whereas all our socials are the primary v secondary podcast our email address is the primary versus that's vs secondary podcast at gmail.com but you can drop us an email and of course it's in our bio on our socials as well so if you do need to double check that's where you're going to find us. And we love it when people drop us an email. And we did actually get an email this week from Xanthi all about the welly wanging. Um, who says our school fate was held a few weeks ago with each tutor group year seven to ten. Um, so this is a secondary school one as well. Um, we're asked to plan and run five schools, meaning there are about 100 student run schools, including coconut shies, quizzes, darts and Nerf gun shootout. I reckon you'd be all over that, Josh. Oh, and good. of course, the infamous welly wagging. I believe my, that my year seven to eight tutor, an ex-military maths teacher. He's definitely wagging that. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, apparently um, they won. Two other mem memorable stools had managed to convince teachers, especially science teachers, for some reason, to let students soak them in water. And one of the stools required you to shoot teachers with water guns and the other gave you wet sponges to throw um, either at a pair or at one of the physics teachers so there we go welly wanging not just exclusive to primary schools but hasn't quite made it to any of the secondary schools that i've worked in on that note shall we love and leave you because we are supposed to be on the holidays although i know both of us have been in very active in our respective wow. new classrooms both of us having a bit of a change of scenery um so you're off to italy next week i am i am what will be lovely Pardon? It will be very lovely. What have you got planned over the next couple of weeks? 
Well, I'm not going abroad. I'm staying local this um, this holiday. So I'm going to be doing a few different day trips. But I also have a fair bit of work to do because, as you know, new job, new schemes of work, lots to learn. But I am enjoying doing it. So on that note, we hope that you are having a wonderful summer, whether you, like us, are enjoying a luxurious six week break from the regular um, nine till well, our tongue in cheek nine till three thirty, yeah. but a realistic, realistically, um, a seven thirty to five thirty. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we hope that you're having a wonderful break and enjoying some of this beautiful, glorious weather. We know it's hot, but we'll all miss it when it's gone. So enjoy it. Sun cream up and don't succumb to um, dehydration. Make sure you keep a bottle of water nearby. But with that, Josh, um, you're we so love sensible. and leave them. That's such a sensible comment. I love that from you. I love that from you. For me, I'll be like, just go and get burned, guys. You're fine. Embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're the colour that you are and I'm the colour that I am yeah that's very true it's <laughs> <laughs> very true um, yeah enjoy, enjoy your summers folks we'll be back in another two weeks for another episode and then um, we can't wait to to um, share with you lots more in the world of teaching but if you're in the meantime and you want to us to talk about a topic drop us a message tell us what you'd like to hear and uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a little chat together and then um, we'll see what we can come up with but for now folks Thank you for I'm listening. nodding, but this is an audio format. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm nodding, but this is an audio format. So, um, yes, verbally confirmed. Yeah, and yeah, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, get the notifications, oh. follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, do all the things that make us so wonderful, big hand gestures, <laughs> and we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Cheerio, folks. Bye. Bye.